Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast here. And uh, I am recording on Friday, but uh, you guys will hear this one Monday. So absolutely crazy week we've had out here. We have had just an absolute rally pretty much across the board. Maybe the Dow is lagging a little bit, but the S&P, the NASDAQ are moving higher on uh, a bit of mixed news out there. So we're going to cover all of that. We're going to get into Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Google. We're going to cover those. We're going to be looking at uh, whether or not those are still safe to invest in, or maybe we've run up too much in the past uh, month or so. It's been absolutely uh, just a spin, a, a 180 completely from what we've been looking at, uh, you know, from December and even November of last year. It's uh, definitely changed course here. So we're going to cover all that and uh, a little bit more on jobs data and what's going on out there. And we're also going to look at uh, some golden crosses that are actually a good sign for us. But uh, a lot of people still have a lot of negativity out there. So we're going to get into what all that means, ultimately what we can be doing as investors, and uh, maybe some smart moves to be taken right now, at least in my opinion. Uh, so uh, I guess first off, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into Apple earnings. We had uh, uh, EPS miss $1.88, missing expectations of $1.94, revenue of $117.2 billion, um, Missing expectations of 121 billion, so they lost on both those numbers, and uh, yeah, they still had some great revenue numbers for iPhone: 65.8 billion, 7.7 on Mac, 9.4 billion on iPad, and 13.5 billion on wearables. Uh, Google, they also missed EPS of a dollar five, uh, based on a dollar eighteen uh, adjusted revenue of 63.1 billion, missing. 63.2 billion. Uh, Google is also going ahead with some of their AI um, interfaces for their uh, search engine, and they're going to be launching that next week. They're going to have a live event going on. And uh, ultimately, we'll see what the future of AI looks for, like for Google. And we had just talked about that with Microsoft Chat GPT. And then uh, apparently, Google already had something in the works, and they are launching that now. So um, yeah, what do we got? Uh, Google had acquired YouTube for $1.65 billion in 2006, but uh, in Q4, YouTube brought in $6.9 billion of revenue from ads. So that was a smart purchase on the, uh, the backs of Google, buying it for $1.65 billion in just one quarter. Uh, made, what, about four times what they uh, paid for it. So uh, definitely a good spend there, even though it sounded like a lot back in 2006. And uh, Amazon, we've got uh, those earnings. The EPS did miss there also. Uh, was 0.03 was their actual EPS, and they were uh, forecasting 17 cents. We've got uh, revenue of 149.2 billion, beating expectations of 145.8. So they made less money while or they made more in revenue, but uh, only three cents made it to that bottom line. So it looks like costs might be going up or something skewed these numbers to where they had that uh, that EPS miss. Uh, Amazon Web Services last quarter 
21.4 billion operating uh, income and uh, definitely a, a growing segment for them. That has been one of the uh, the bright spots for Amazon. We've had that web services number kind of continue to tick up, even though we could be entering a recession or slowing. Um, uh, I guess I can't even say wage growth anymore. That's uh, that's out today. Also, it looks like people might be a little bit more uh, tight with their pocketbook, I'll say. And that's pretty much what we're looking at right now. There's not as many people looking to uh, ultimately spend on a bunch of leisure items. Their their grocery business had been growing. And uh, hopefully they can kind of figure out which way to grow from here. But uh, yeah, so there's a lot of mixed things there. We've also had uh, Facebook. I forget the, the actual numbers there, but I know one was a, a hit, one was a miss. And they rallied. We had a massive, massive rally on Meta. I keep saying Facebook. It's just, uh, I guess it's just habit by now. But when I'm looking at the Meta chart, yeah, we we had this insane, insane rally even after hours on Wednesday. And uh, yeah, let's take a look at the five day here. So we were sitting right around 149, I'm going to call it. And uh, we just rallied up. Right now, we're sitting at 191.85. So massive movements there. Um, ultimately, I had said that that PE was too low. Uh, we hadn't bought this one, but uh, I definitely thought that it was on the verge of doing something, on the verge of breaking out. Uh, a lot of that uh, fear that we had two quarters ago when they said they're going to you know, really focus on this metaverse idea and they were spending uh, $35, $38 billion on uh, capital expenditures to build out this platform was uh, definitely scary. We also had the the talks of going from Facebook and really committing. They changed their name to Meta. That also hurt them. And uh, you know they had this tried and true business of advertising. They've been buying uh, you know different companies as they've grown. They bought uh, Instagram. They bought uh, WhatsApp. So these have definitely been working for them. They all basically shoehorn themselves into this advertising company. Uh, and when I was thinking about this, it's almost similar to uh, seeing someone like Seinfeld, who's just this character actor trying to do something completely out of his wheelhouse and have a serious role. Uh, you know, so once you kind of get into this, you know, they built themselves as an advertising company uh, that brings kind of the world together online. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, divisive saying that, that they bring people together. Sometimes they tear people apart. But Regardless of that, that's the business that they, they really had formed. And, uh, you know, so now we're going to see if we can't uh, try to strike lightning twice. And it really just had a lot of investors questioning their judgment, questioning where they're going with this billion dollar, you know, multi-billion dollar business that they made. And really, was it a smart move going forward? And a lot of investors said, no, I don't want to be around for whatever this this metaverse idea is that you're planning. And that PE really got crushed for that. You know, the uh, the advertising side of the business was slowing, similar with Google. You know, we had the same problems there, but the problem or the the difference being that Google had that same type of uh, mentality. There's still this Google search company that's still their bread and butter. They're trying to do devices, you know, small changes. They can add little things here and there, but Meta really tried to just reinvent themselves, and it almost looked like there was just too much confusion at a high level. And people really sold this one off. So, you know, back another uh, quarter ago, when they came out with earnings, they were talking about spending less. Uh, and we kind of moved up from some of those lows. 
uh, back in uh, October, November, and started moving on up when people started realizing, okay, well, we're not going to just spend all of our money on this idea of the metaverse. We're going to slow that spending. We're going to, you know, kind of focus on the the actual business that we have. And, you know, people really started picking that up. So that's when we moved from that $88 that we set as a low. And like I said, on uh, Tuesday, we were sitting in the 140s. So we definitely have moved up from there. And now we're over double where we were back in November. And that's crazy. I mean, we're, we're seeing a lot of these massive moves from major companies. These are not small companies. So when uh, Meta doubled, uh, Tesla's about back double from where they were about a month, month and a half ago. These are massive, massive moves. So uh, I guess what I'm getting at here is, you know, do we really think that this is a, a staying rally? Is this just really focused on a couple companies? And I want to take a look at the S&P in a, in a second. But uh, I think that these companies were oversold on some bad news, whether it be focusing on the metaverse or, or Elon looking to buy Twitter. We had a lot of different problems out there. Um, they're still great companies, but it looked like management was, you know, off course, right? In both cases. So when they go off course, investors say, I'm I'm done, I'm out, I don't want to be with this one until they show us otherwise. And now in both cases, they've started showing us otherwise. And it was a quick, quick turnaround, a quick rally. And, you know, I guess in both situations, I I didn't really go out buying too much meta. I did on Tesla, I think I sold some at that $200 price point. I think I told you guys that. And ultimately, I started adding back in when it dropped to 150. That was about uh, what 25% that it had sold off. So I said, okay, I'm going to start back buying into Tesla. So I added there. And then ultimately, I waited for that 115 number or so. And I started adding in the, in the 108 range. I, I didn't perfectly time the bottom. Uh, but I was thinking that it was just oversold. So uh, I guess what we can see here is uh, you really have to have conviction into the name Meta. Like I said, I think they lost course there for a while and it really took uh, some eye opening from uh, probably from the board, probably seeing their stock price just get uh, obliterated. I mean, we were 248 in last February and we went down to $88. I mean, that is that's even worse than Tesla, but people will uh, certainly say that Tesla had the worst year. But that being said, um, you know, we, we definitely got to take uh, all that into consideration. This is why I don't ever really want to say set it and forget it with pretty much any stock. You know, some of these tech stocks are definitely going to be more volatile. You're going to have these big swings. Uh, but for a company like Meta to have a 20 or 30% day is absolutely crazy in my mind. And uh, yes, I did think it sold off too much. But at the same time, I really didn't like their vision forward in that whole metaverse idea. Uh, so I can't really say that I took part in the meta rally. I mean, I'm, I'm still in the position, but I did not really, you know, just buy at the bottom. I wasn't buying under $100, which uh, might have been a mistake, but I really didn't like that, uh, that narrative of going so all in on the metaverse idea. So um, now with that being said, I do want to move forward. We've got uh, the S&P 500. I did post something on the Let It Grow Investing group yesterday, and that was a golden cross. Uh, we've talked about this one, uh, you know, probably about six, eight months ago at this point. 
But, um, you know, I kind of fast forward. I said this S&P S&P 500 needed to move above 4,100. Uh, currently, we're sitting at 4,148, and that's actually down on the day. But, um, you know, one of the things that is interesting here is the fact that it is holding up, and it actually moved up when so many people are worried about, about a recession. So I'm, uh, I'm definitely interested to see if it holds this 4,100 level. But what's really important here to me is the fact that we did uh, cross this, uh, the 50-day the moving average moved up uh, above the 200-day moving average. So uh, 200 days, you know, it averages out. It, it's generally, it's going to be slower moving. The 50-day is going to show those shorter trends. Uh, you can look at a 20-day to a 50-day, but uh, when you're looking at a 20 to 50-day, you're going to get more ups and downs. So uh, when that 50 day crosses above the 200 day, and if this is uh, too technical, you can you can definitely go to the group, take a look at the picture that I posted, and you'll see that the the average of the short term is moving above the long term average. Now that is a golden cross, uh, meaning that it is a bullish sign in the market. Uh, maybe not in the economy, maybe not in a specific name. But the fact that the market thinks that the future is brighter than what the past is, that's pretty much what it means. So uh, I'm taking that as a sign that things are bullish. But uh, at the same time, I would be very cautious about the underlying uh, problems that are out there. You know, we do have a, a Fed that's trying to raise rates. We, we do have other problems. We still have uh, some shortages in some spots. But uh, with all that being said, uh, and I was going to say, I think you even said it yesterday that unemployment could be a major problem. But now... Uh, on Friday, we we were expecting 188,000 jobs to be added uh, in this past month, but uh, that that number was absolutely way off, and we added 517,000 jobs. And uh, I'm not even sure where that is. I mean, I, I see where they're being added from. It's uh, leisure, hospitality, professional business services, healthcare, government services. Uh, so there's a it's a widespread where they're looking to add all these jobs. It's not just one uh, one industry that's really accounting for all of this. So that is nice that, but that adds uh, another layer of confusion as to well, how are we in a recession? But we're adding five hundred thousand jobs. The unemployment is at a low. It's at three point four percent, and really we're it just doesn't all add up. So I'm almost thinking that uh, the worst is uh you know in the past three months or so and you know a lot of companies are saying that the second half of the year is going to be brighter the first half yeah we had some misses from some huge companies but ultimately um you know do we look to a brighter second half of 2023 and even if it's not um uh, i like i said i do want to be mindful of this i don't think that it is just smooth sailing but uh, i do want to see this 4100 level hold on the s p but we are getting some good news from some places, and we're definitely having those forecasts and that guidance looking brighter. So all those things said, um, I'm going to continue to add where I see the most value. Um, you know, within the past two, three months, I have been seeing tons and tons of value in tech. Uh, some people don't necessarily agree with that, but you know, Google, Meta, Amazon, well, maybe Amazon might not be the, the best uh, precursor for that. They they are trading a bit expensive, but um, yeah, even Apple. Apple might be a little bit high, but I definitely think that the stock price had traded down and I don't want to bet against Apple. I do not want to bet against Google. Uh, Facebook, 
Meta, I, I'm I, that take it or leave it. That's on you. But uh, some of these companies just got too cheap, and now in my mind, they are moving. Uh, they're moving higher than I'd like to see in that short of amount of time. I mean, the Nasdaq's moved up about seventeen percent in a month. That is absolutely massive to me. Uh, yes, we fell thirty-one percent last year, so we're still under by about fourteen percent. But you know, I, I think to have that amount of gains within such a short amount of time, uh, that greed index is way up. We we have a lot of people saying that it is over overbought, and things could certainly cool. I don't know how much they're going to cool. We might have a, a slowing volume. We might have a slowing amount of money that's coming into the markets. We did set a record last week for the the past couple of months as to how much money came in. I want to say it was $13.9 billion of cash flow that rolled into stocks. And uh, ultimately, that is a, a bullish sign. But we don't want to see people just trading out of these positions now that we had this rally. So um, I'm still cautious. Bottom line, I'm still cautious. I don't know that I want to buy tech uh, in you know fistfuls of tech stocks. But I do want to keep on buying. So I am looking at other names. I am looking at uh, you know, some healthcare stocks, some defensive stocks, the consumer staples. And I think it could be a good time as people are rushing back to the NASDAQ to go ahead and buy some of those consumer staples that are getting a little bit left behind. And I said to start this episode that the, the Dow has been lagging. Uh, well, if people have so much money in the Dow, and they think that there's a better opportunity than NASDAQ, you're going to see them sell those Dow stocks and roll into the tech stocks and try to get those gains. So uh, I will take the other side of that coin. I've already bought all the tech stocks when they were low. And uh, now I want to go ahead and add new money to dividend stocks. That's just how I kind of do it. It might not be the perfect timing, but uh, at, the, at the same point, I try to buy value. And uh, I saw those tech stocks being in that value territory to me. You know, Facebook was at a uh, 14 times multiple, 12 times multiple at some point. And, uh, you know, other names that uh, the peg ratios were getting too low. Uh, I saw that one in Tesla. We were in uh, under one on a peg ratio for Tesla. So I thought that was a great buy. And these are the, the telltale signs of stocks that I want to buy when you're getting that growth, but not overpaying for it. Uh, so now that they have rallied, uh, some of them over 50, 75, even 100 percent in the case of uh, Meta, I don't know that I want to, you know, put my money out there at this point. I will let the stocks that I've already purchased in those positions that I already have go ahead and roll on up. But I don't want to chase these stocks. I think that is a recipe for disaster. I'd rather let them settle back down. And if you're really long on these names, like I am on Tesla or even Enphase, uh, which are two that I, I, I'll pat myself on the back. I think I did really good with Tesla and Enphase. Uh, like I said, Tesla was selling out at 200 and I was buying back in at 108, 115. Uh, Enphase, I think I sold some at 330. And now I was buying it, you know, a couple of days ago in the two teens, 219, 220. Uh, so I definitely think that uh, I, I did a pretty good job with those. I did okay with Caterpillar. Uh, yes, Caterpillar did buy that Lithos Energy. They did have that uh, investment into that lithium play, which ultimately brought that one back up. But uh, like I said, I did take some of that money out of Caterpillar. I sold about uh, 10% of my position and rolled it into some of these other companies that I thought were undervalued at that given point in time. Uh, normally, I'm not selling these dividend stocks. Normally, I'm very long on these names. 
But, um, well, one, I got a lot of time on my hands. It's not snowing. And uh, I'm really just kind of focusing on the stocks right now. But uh, also, I don't have as much money, fresh money coming in from the standpoint of I don't have as much work because it's not snowing. So I try to pick my battles, right? I try to sell out of some things that I think are getting a, a little bit ahead of themselves and buy the things that are lagging. But I have that uh, that clear vision that these companies are going to continue. So that's what I got out there. I'm, I'm still really uh, cautious. I'll still say cautious. But uh, I definitely think that the dividend stocks are a great way to park some money and be a little bit more protective of what's going on. Um, you know, and maybe let some of these tech stocks run. And if they get up to a point where I think they are getting too high, I might start trimming those as well and rebalance the portfolio. Because I mean, uh, when your Tesla positions doubles in a month, you got to really think like, is this time to really kind of limit those uh, losses? Or do I let this thing run? Do I put a stop loss on it? That's another way that you can protect your money. So say uh, Tesla is what, 190 something, uh, you could definitely set a stop loss for, you know, 175 and, and you know, maybe cut your losses at that point. So you you walk away with some gains from your shares that you bought at uh, 108, 115, but uh, you don't want to bet the whole farm on it. So that's another way that you can protect the money that you've made. And yeah, like I said, Tesla 192, they got down to 101. So we're, we're almost doubled here. So take all that into account. If it's something that you're not con convinced that's going to be your favorite long-term play in five years, you don't have that vision as to what this one's going to do. Um, yeah, definitely uh, protect yourself. And you could do that by setting a stop loss or even selling when uh, you have that predetermined, hey, if it gets to 60% gain, I'm selling out of this, at least some of it and taking some cash off the table. I'm going to find another opportunity at that point. So with all that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We are going to talk some dividend stocks that I think could be good buys for me right now. And uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the investing challenge. We're going to see what we decided on for week six and where we are headed for week seven. So stick around. I've got all that and some more uh, right up next. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. And if you have not yet subscribed, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and click the button to make sure you don't miss any future episodes for me. And uh, yeah, definitely go ahead and give us a, a like, subscribe and share. I would definitely appreciate that. A uh, couple things that I did miss. I know we were talking rate hikes. Um, you know, in the last episode, we were watching that. We did get that 25 basis point hike. Ultimately, we are still data driven. This job is not done. That's what Powell is saying. So ultimately, he still wants to wait to see what, uh, you know, February and March numbers look like before really making any final calls. But he said, do not expect any rate cuts this year from us at this point. It's not looking like that's going to happen. So uh, especially with the, uh, the economy growing and jobs being added more than what we anticipated, uh, I think that's probably going to be the case. Hopefully we can get to that, uh, uh, you know, not a set terminal rate, but hopefully we can get to uh, that number sooner than later and uh, let things cool down. But uh, that is what Powell was saying on Wednesday. So uh, with that being said, we did have uh, the investing challenge for this week. And uh, yeah, we were looking at some uh, ETFs, right? exchange traded funds. We were also had one that we were adding from last year at this time, which was Microsoft. So number one was Microsoft. Number two was VTI. That is the Vanguard total market index of the uh, US. 
Uh, so you get a mixture of all stocks in that one, small, large, in between, all of them. You get a mixture there. So that is a total market ETF. So not just the S&P 500, the biggest companies. You also get some of those small, uh, higher flyers, if you will. And uh, so that was number two. Number three was the Schwab High Dividend Fund, SCHD. So if you want more in the dividends, you're closer to retirement, want a little bit more safety, not as much growth. You want to really have those dividends paying you. That could be a good fund for you. Uh, now, the next one, number four, is SPYG, S-P-Y-G. Um, you know, I've started with single stocks for my two boys, and ultimately, I have just been buying SPYG for them. So now that is a mixture of the high growth companies in the S&P 500. So you're getting uh, a mixture of things, but uh, it's really focused on those growth stocks that are in the S&P 500. Uh, so now the last one was VNQ, which is Vanguard's REIT, uh, REIT fund, which is uh, all real estate. So now you're going to get more dividends there uh, in the way of these REITs that have to pay out more in the way of dividends to get that uh, classification as being a real estate investment trust. So uh, ultimately, I put this one out to a vote on the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook, and we are going to be buying Spy G. I guess people still want this growth. Um, and that is fine by me. So we will be adding that one on Monday and uh, we will see where this one goes. It has uh, ticked up nicely here, but uh, we're going to continue to add to that one. Um, so actually, let's take a look at what Spy G is doing right now. While I have got you here, I think I got to sign back in as I was looking on my phone because I like the way that I can get a little bit, some of the reports a little bit better on the, the mobile app. But uh, yeah, Spy G, we're sitting at $54.45. So it's easy to go ahead and buy it, even if you don't have fractional shares. Uh, I've been trying to buy a share or two of this uh, every week and uh, adding it to their portfolio. So little by little, I'm adding to that. So hopefully when we get to those uh, college ages, we can go ahead and uh, cash some of this out and pay for some school bills. That's, uh, that's generally the plan. If not, if they don't want to do that, start a business or whatever you got going on, uh, you know, that's going to be ultimately theirs to decide at that point in time. But um, yeah, so, but in the Weeble portfolio, you know, man, this was uh, definitely nice to see. We finally, 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 had some green. Can you believe it? It's been a year. I think since like week two of 22, we have just been in the red. We've gotten just annihilated from buying some growth stocks and letting them uh, ultimately, you know, just have a, a rough, rough year. So um, currently we are down about 1.3% in this portfolio. But yesterday on Thursday, it did touch the green and it was about 20 some dollars. I know it was fluctuating heavily, but um, it definitely was nice to see that we finally made it out of that that hole that we were digging ourselves. So um, yeah, we're going to continue because I think that this year, uh, even if it's not this year that we really start seeing things turn around, we are building this position for those long-term gains. And I'm not doing this to ultimately get rich in a year. I want this to be you know great money when I go to retire, whenever that time might be. And uh, I've still got a long horizon until that day comes. So ultimately, if I can continue adding $200 a week, which is about $10,400 per year uh, for the next 20, 30 years, I think I'll be pretty well set, especially you know if we can start getting to the point where we're seeing these 10% gains in a year on average. That's what the S&P normally does. Uh, that money will start compounding. Plus, I'm also getting these dividends. I, I did take a look at that on one of these uh, 
Webull sheets here. And I want to say it was like $40 that I got in December from just the stocks that we bought uh, this past year. So definitely um, adding and compounding and having that money work for you is definitely something that is nice to see. And uh, I know it, start, it so, starts very small. You know, you'll, you'll see a check for uh, 70 cents or, or whatever it might be for buying one share of, I don't know, say Apple. But uh, over time, that is going to start compounding. And uh, that is the real, real benefit of having these dividend stocks. And uh, one that I was looking to put into the investing challenge for this week is, uh, is one that actually pays me quite well to hold on to it. Now, it is not a growth stock. It's actually, some people would say it's the opposite. It's probably losing market share, or maybe not market share, but losing customers. And that name is Altria. Uh, so ticker is MO if you're following along. Uh, now, this one, they are in the uh, the tobacco, smokeless tobacco, uh, alcohol. They have some wine businesses as well. But um, like I said, it is currently paying about 8%. Now, and that, that's in a dividend. So I do like to get these dividends from them, but uh, you can't count on this one to really grow. Um, it's, it's in a tough spot. If we do have uh, cannabis legalized, I think that Altria and companies like that will be really, you know, firing on all cylinders. But on this one, um, you know, when I'm looking at my dividend forecast here on E-Trade, if you need a link uh, to get started, I do have those in the description, uh, E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and uh, Binance. But uh, I'm looking at my um, my position for Altria, ticker MO. And now when I'm looking at it, uh, it really hasn't gone much of anywhere, okay? But uh, I will say that in... I guess it already it already paid in January. Okay, so now in April, this one will be paying me two hundred and twenty four dollars to go ahead and sit on it longer. So that two hundred and twenty four dollars represents what about five and a half shares, maybe four, uh, five shares or so of Altria that is then going to also pay me another eight percent. So continually, it's going to be set to grow higher than that two twenty four every quarter. Um, and being that they're a dividend aristocrat, they do raise those dividends. They raised it last year. I want to say it was 4.6%, uh, if memory serves me correctly. So you're getting uh, more dividends in the fact that you're also buying more every quarter. So the fact that they raised it 4% means that you know over the course of the year, I made $40 more. Uh, I think that's right. Maybe maybe it's, you know, it's $4 more. Sorry. Um, so I'm making more money, but it's also buying more stocks that are continuing to pay me more money on the fact that they're raising the dividend. So that's one of the reasons that I like that compounding effect of buying dividend stocks that are not these variable rate stocks, but they continue raising the amount of money that they are paying out. Now, when you look at the percentage, that is uh, more tied to the stock price and how much they are paying against what that uh, share price is actually at at that given point in time. So sometimes you'll see companies that do have uh, very high dividends or dividend raises, maybe a company like uh, Home Depot. They've uh, been raising dividends very uh, drastically over the past couple of years, you know, 10, 20% per year. And that is definitely nice as well. But at the same time, you're getting that share price appreci appreciation. So it might not look like you're getting this stock that's paying you six, seven, eight percent. But what it's doing is it's the share price is growing and also that dividend is growing at the same time. So you won't have the higher percentage because that share price keeps on going up. 
Uh, so in a case like where Altria is, they have been trading kind of sideways. But like I said, this one just continues to pay me and I am comfortable with having at least some of my stocks in these, these companies that just have some higher dividends, but they aren't really going anywhere at the moment. So I'll sit on that one. I'll collect the 8% dividends. Uh, it's actually probably higher for me because of the fact that I've had it for so long and it's, uh, you know, I bought in at an earlier price point. So, uh, yeah, so that was one. It didn't make the cut this week for a couple of reasons. Well, one, uh, you really don't get much in the way of growth there. So it's hard to tell me or tell others to say, yes, this is a great buy. Um, you know, we really need to see some real benefits of the business and have some legalization on a federal level in order to get to a point where they could actually grow. Um, but speaking of, of that, the, the PE, the peg ratio, those all are a bit high. So I don't really want to say go out and buy these uh, when I think they're maybe a little bit overvalued right now. So it, it makes it difficult to come on here and say, these are stocks that I'm really interested in. Uh, yes, I mean, automatically I'm reinvesting into these every quarter, but uh, it doesn't mean that they are a screaming buy. And truth be told right now, the fact that the Dow has had so much volume in it uh, or the dividend stocks have been so popular in the past uh, six months or so, it makes it really hard to find any screaming deals in these stocks as everyone kind of ran to them in order to get out of tech and really kind of tie their money into something that is going to be paying dividends and have a little bit of growth while tech was selling off. But uh, I did come up with a list for you, and uh, they are dividend stocks. I think a couple of them are, a couple of them are aristocrats, I believe. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into the first one. So, uh, first one I came up with was Eli Lilly. Now, this is a healthcare stock, and they're working on things in uh, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's. They've got a, a strong pipeline of drugs that are coming to the market, and uh, hopefully, they can get these. You know, definitely through all their trials, through everything that they need to do here. But uh, I think they're still strong companies even without that. But with Eli Lilly, you're getting about a 1.36% 1, 1. dividend. The PE is trading high. But uh, that being said, I do think that they have a, a very strong pipeline of uh, drugs. And uh, they also have a very solid business. So it is rated a buy. Um, and now, like I said, these are these are tough because a lot of them, people have already run into them. So uh, price target about 13% higher than where we currently sit. The average, the uh, mean price of these analysts is $389. Um, the last price was 342. So we still got some upside there. Annual revenue looks to kick up about 8% this year. Dividend growth, important number when I'm talking about companies that want to pay you more to hold on to these stocks. 15% uh, dividend growth last year. Dividend payout, 61%. I normally like to see companies uh, under 60%, certainly under 80%. Uh, so 61% is a bit high, but uh, I think that they are safe. They have dividend coverage of 2.7, which means that they can pay this dividend and it looks like it's pretty safe. So, um, But price to sales is high. Uh, the trailing PE is high and the forward PE is high. So uh, I'm really counting on a couple of these drugs coming through. Um, the peg ratio is sitting at a 2.5. And remind, reminder that the S&P 500 index average is a 2.0. So this one, uh, I don't know that I looked at specifically at the price to sales before. Um, so take that into account when you're when you're thinking about which ones to vote for. Um, but I definitely think that the the drugs in the pipeline that they have is very strong. 
And uh, I think that healthcare should survive uh, a lot of these major recession talks as people are still going to need these uh, these pharmaceuticals to go on uh, living li- life like the way they are or potentially get better with some of the new products that they have coming out. So number two, we talked about this one on Thursday's episode, and that name is General Dynamics. Uh, they did report a pretty strong quarter. They've got about 2.17% dividend uh, yield, the PE sitting at 19 times. Uh, they did just get that uh, $482 million contract from the Army on the tanks. And I just saw that we are having uh, Chinese, uh, apparently weather balloons is what they're calling them. The U.S. is calling them surveillance balloons uh, flying over and above the Pentagon or or somewhere around there. And people are saying that that could definitely bolster uh, the the military budget for 23 and 24. Uh, So we're definitely more concerned about some of these different uh, problems that are arising. And uh, I still think that government spending on the military is going to remain strong. So for that reason, uh, some of the numbers that they posted and uh, the fact that they are still getting these contracts and they're, they got a little bit of a backlog. Uh, I think that General Dynamics could be a good company to buy into right now. And, uh, you know, last check, they were 230 on the, uh, the share price. They are rated to buy. And where are we? We've got a price target of uh, $268 is the average. So about 16.3% up of where we were. Uh, revenue growth, 4.5% for 23, 11% for 2024, uh, dividend growth, about 6%, uh, for last year, the price to sales is a 1.6. The S and P average is a 2.3. So 29% discount compared to the S and P 500. Uh, but they are trading 9%, uh, premium to where they normally trade. So a bit high there. And then trailing PE, 18.9. Five-year average for them is a 17.1. That does represent an 11% premium. Forward PE of a 17.6. And their five-year average is a 15.7. So uh, take all that into account when you're thinking about which ones to vote on. These are very tricky right now. Like I said, they are uh, all trading higher than typically where they normally do. And uh, a lot of that is just from the fact that people want to be in dividend stocks right now. Uh, I'm definitely thinking if the the NASDAQ continues to rise, some of these are going to fall back down to a price point where we're going to be a little bit more comfortable buying them. But uh, there's a lot of reasons where I think that healthcare, uh, defense, and food communication are still going to be strong on this list, especially for uh, you know the short future that we could be in a possible recession. So that is why they are added. They are maybe not screaming buys, but I feel like they're a lot safer than some of the uh, the different stocks that are in that tech space. So yeah, number two was General Dynamics. The ticker was GD. Now, number three, uh, this one is ticker ADM, which is Archer Daniels Midland Food Company. And uh, if you haven't noticed, food is getting more and more expensive. So uh, let's take a look at the overview here. They are agricultural or origination and processing company. Company offers sustainable human and animal nutrition, engage in developing sustainable solutions in ag, energy, bio-based alternatives to materials and fuels produced by petroleum products. Uh, So they do ag services and oil seeds, carbohydrate solutions, nutrition, 
Uh, so it, it just kind of goes on the, uh, the nutrition segment serves various end markets, including food, beverages, nutritional supplements, feed and premix for livestock, aquaculture and pet food. So a lot of different end cases, but, uh, ultimately they are, uh, you know, in that food space, in the ag space and one that I think should do really well going forward. So we're currently sitting at a PE of 11.3. So this one is cheaper. Um, they do have a dividend yield of about 2.2, let's call it. And when I go over to Reuters, that's where I like to do a lot of this research. They got all the numbers spelled out for you. And that is on E-Trade. Um, where are we at? We've got uh, price target, 23% higher than where we're currently sitting. And uh, the average price target is $103. Uh, when I'm looking at the revenue growth, not so much on the way of revenue growth here. So that is kind of a sell-off or a trade-off with uh, comparative to some of these other companies. Uh, down half a percent this year, up 0.2 for 2024. We have uh, revenue growth this past year of 19.5%. We've got dividend growth, 8.1%. And that dividend payout ratio is much lower, only 21% on ADM. And they've got more than enough money to cover this dividend as well. So we do have a 4% premium on price to sales. We've got a 30% discount on the trailing PE, and we have a 10% discount on the forward PE. So I do think that this is possibly one of the cheapest ones of the group. Uh, oh, and the peg ratio they, their five-year average is a 2.2. They are trading at 1.5. So cheaper, but uh, you might not be getting as much growth. And we are trying to correct all these in inflation problems uh, by the way of the Fed. That's what they're looking to do. So they want to see these prices come down. So it might be a harder environment for them to charge more. Um, but ultimately, I, I do think that this is going to be a strong company and it is going to survive a recession. So you get a lot of safety, you got some upside, you got a dividend, and uh, it's just a strong company. So I think that that could be a good way to park some cash and uh, you know, kind of weather a storm. Now, number four, we're going to go with a communications company that I don't think people are getting out of holding onto their cell phones. We might be cutting the cord, but Verizon still could be a great company to own through a possible recession. Uh, you still got a lot of, you know, different government spending on it. You still got uh, a ton of people that are not getting rid of their plans. And uh, ultimately, I think it is a strong business. It's trading cheap, 8.9 on that PE. We've got a 6.2% uh, dividend. And uh, yeah, it, it classifies as technology. So if the, the NASDAQ or QQQ does go up, this one could benefit from that. But um, yeah, most of their uh, business is in consumer, 90, call it 96% of it. When we look at Reuters, um, it is considered a hold. Uh, now, when I am looking at that, where are we on the price target? We have about 7.7% of price target growth from here for an average of 44.90. I believe it was about 10% when I was looking direct at E-Trade. Uh, and we do have small revenue growth for 23 and 24. But um, yeah, where are we at? We've got net margins, 15%, dividend growth, 2%, dividend payout, 51. So that, that works for me. Uh, dividend coverage of 3.5. Um, we do have some discounts on the price of sales, 26% discount there. Trailing PE, 26% discount. Forward PE, 19% discount. So 
uh, Verizon. Why why do I think Verizon? Well, again, you're getting that six uh, six point two percent dividend. You've got some uh, stability in the stock. I don't really think that this one is going anywhere. Uh, like I said, you might be cutting the cord on your cable. You might be trying to stream, but ultimately you're still going to have to use uh, internet at your house. So you're still going to be paying for those services. They do have all the uh, the different entertainment ties. They've got uh, the cell phone business pretty well locked down. So I don't think it's going to grow like a company like T-Mobile, but at the same time, I like that 6.2% dividend and the fact that you can kind of lock in that cash and get uh, those dividends paid uh, going forward. So um, that's number four. Now, number five is going to be the outlier of the group for the week. And it's simply because we bought this one last year at this time. And that name, oh boy, Shopify. Do we even want to touch this one? It just got annihilated last year. But uh, it's actually come back up pretty nicely. We, I don't even know where we bought it. I'd have to look at Webull. It did hit a high last February at $93 and then went all the way down to $23 by October. So definitely painful there. Now we are sitting at $52.90, call it. And uh, yeah, I know they're doing some stuff. They're laying off some people. They've, uh, they're trying to really navigate this market also. Uh, I see some different things that they're doing. And I don't even have a Reuters report on this one. So I'll pull up uh, market edge. What's market edge say? They do call it a long right now. It was upgraded on uh, November 4th and that was at $33. It went up 48% since then. So uh, like I said, I wanted to give people the option to average down on this one. I will go ahead and pull up the Webull portfolio to see where we did buy this one. I do think that is uh, definitely a, a good point to look at when we are considering buying this one. And uh, yeah, oof. Gosh, we did buy it at that peak. Way to go. We bought it at $93 and we are down 43%. So we could average down uh, and ultimately get, you know, about double the shares that we bought last time. So that is definitely an option out there. They've uh, they've certainly been uh, put through the ringer. So if we want to go ahead and buy that one again, I am I'm game for it. But um now, we know it's a high flyer, but if the NASDAQ continues to run and tech continues to go, it uh, could be a spot where ultimately we can see this one run. Let me go ahead and hop back on the, the laptop here and see what that price target is when I am looking directly on E-Trade. Oh, boy. Uh, that was definitely a, a, a rough one to pick last year at that, this point in time. But um, where are we at? Analyst research on Shopify. Ooh, I don't do I even want to put this one up? Minus 19% for the uh, the analyst upside. And there's a lot of hold ratings. There's only one buy that was done at the end of January. I don't know if I like this one. So if, if you guys really decide on it, um, okay, uh, I'll do it for you. But yeah, we've got some, uh, some better choices in my mind. We've got Eli Lilly. We've got General Dynamics, Archer Daniels, Minlid, Verizon, and Shopify. So that is going to be the five stocks. And uh, really, this is going to be a, a sounding board of what's going to be a great option for this week. And uh, hopefully this for this year. So I guess, guys, don't let me down. We want to see some some smart names being added to this portfolio. I do not want to get beat up on uh, any bad picks again. So, uh, man, I guess I'm brave. We're, uh, we're going to leave it in there. Uh, we're going to leave it. But uh, yeah, that's what I got for you guys this week. So 
um, hopefully the market's treated you well. I know it's treated me well. Make sure that if you are, um, you know, really watching your money, watching your portfolio, you're uh, protecting it. You're, you're doing some things that really make sense. Set some stop losses if you're really comfortable where where the market is. And now it has traded down today. Um, I think when we started this, we were about flat. Uh, I think I touched the green on the day, but uh, we have gone negative. The uh, the Nasdaq has trended down. So if that is something that you're worried about, that definitely make sure to uh, take your gains when you got them or set a stop loss because we never know when things are going to really turn for the worse. So with that being said, um, I'm going to get out there and uh, you know get some stuff done around the house and ultimately have a, a nice weekend. But uh, I guess I will catch you guys in the next one. So take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.